continuing on with um, our favorite topic in the world, coronavirus. <laughs> you know, I was thinking, there was a time, um, pre-COVID, PC, that I'd be in a place where there was in a public bathroom, let's say, or let's say it was at work, in the bathroom at work or something like that, and I would see certain people that appeared to me to be like germaphobes. I don't know if you've ever experienced it in a bathroom. I don't know if you are one of them, but, <laughs> you know, they, they have a, a little dance that they do, you know, with, around the toilet and around the sink. They don't want to touch anything, you know. They, they'll, you know, first they'll, the first thing they'll do is they'll grab their little, you know, their, their napkin, you know, their, the, so they can flush and they can touch the faucet, and then that, you know, goes away, you know, and then comes the other paper towel, and then they go to the door, and that's when they do their little, you know, their little germaphobic gesticulations, and they, they, you know, they open the door with the paper so they don't touch it, and then they put their leg there, and they throw it into the garbage, and then they go out, you know, don't want to touch anything, I have somebody raising their hands in the back, that's me, that's me. So I used to kind of, you know, always poke fun at that in my mind a little bit because, well, you know, I always had a different view of getting sick. Now, nobody likes to get sick. It's never fun. But I always knew in my mind that if I do get sick, that God gave us something that is beautiful. A little crazy little thing called an immune system. And, and this is out of absolute respect and honor for those that we've lost in this congregation and our friends who have, who are COVID have actually over, overwhelmed people's immune system. So in complete honor and respect out of that, um, God gave us an immune system where God willing with his grace, this thing attacks it, fights it, beats it, remembers it. And we get stronger through it. Yeah. And I've always known that. I've always known PC pre-COVID. <laughs> I've always known and I've always marveled at and appreciated and been thankful for the fact that when I feel sick, when I have a sore throat or a runny nose or inflamed glands or a fever that's not the virus that's your immune system doing what it's been designed to do by God which is to take care of business and remember this thing so in the future it'll fight better Say that in full honor and respect for those whose immune systems could not handle COVID and they have succumbed to that, including people that we know and many that I know. I'd say in full respect, I don't know anybody in my entire life who died of the flu. Nobody. I honestly don't know a single person who died of the flu. I know many people personally who died of COVID. So I say this with honor and respect for them. And I feel, after a year and a half 
of dealing with COVID, and we've all dealt with this for a year and a half. In fact, we're pretty much at the two-year anniversary for when this novel coronavirus jumped off of whatever and entered into the, its first human host. We're pretty much at the two-year anniversary of when that event happened. So we've all been dealing with this for a long time now. And one thing we have to admit is that we have not been able to cast this thing out of society. We've not been able to name it and claim it, and this thing has been gone. It's been a year and a half, at least in this country, and it's still here. And people are still affected by it. So God, because hindsight is always clear in 2020, I am the greatest prophet in the world when I'm looking backwards. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah. <laughs> but this thing, he's allowing it. He's allowing it to stick around. And I feel, because as, as COVID happened, we all get various revelations about what is God doing? What is God doing? What is God doing? And after a year and a half, I, I honestly don't exactly know. But I, I'm in this place right now where I feel that this virus, we need to at least have, and please don't misunderstand the word, respect for this thing. Just like we have respect for other things in the natural world that can harm us. Mm -hmm. it, we don't need to be in fear and cocoon ourselves, right. but we don't need to be haughty either. Right. Because let's face it, I've been looking long and hard for a good old-fashioned Christian deliverance ministry with a line of people with COVID coming and, and then being, you know, healed, 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 and having that level of success. And I haven't found it yet. So God is allowing this thing. And I feel like there is a center point, there's a there's a holy place that we can be at of not being boast, not being boastful and not being scared. But respect. Respect. You know, like, I, I'm not, I don't, at this point in my journey with COVID, I'm not really doing much as far as COVID avoidance. Some people are. I'm personally not doing much. We're all kind of on a little journey with that. And I think it's really important to allow people to be where they are. Amen. And just because PC, pre-COVID, I would mock people in my mind that I thought were germophobic in the bathroom that did the germophobic gesticulations with the... <laughs> I'm not that way anymore. COVID has kind of corrected that in me. Mm. To say, you know what, everybody has a different health profile. I don't know these people. I don't know how susceptible they are to illness. So I don't want to judge people. I don't want to put labels on them. I don't want to call them in fear if they still wear a mask on or even if they have a hazmat suit on. I don't want to get into labeling anybody. Let's just respect where people are and let people manage their own health, their own risks. And that's kind of where it brought me. But here we are, a year and a half later. And, oh, like I said, I, I don't do much these days, myself, personally, in COVID avoidance. I don't do much. You know, I'm, I'm not wearing a mask anymore, although I was very diligent to do it when it was, uh, it was you know, uh, um, an executive order, very diligent. But these days, I, I'm not wearing a mask much. Uh, personally, this, I'm not saying what to do. 
Uh, I, COVID avoidance is not really part of my life these days, much, much of my life, much of my life. But cancer avoidance is, I respect that. That's not fear. But I think it's okay to have a healthy fear of things that are in the natural that can harm you. I assure you, if a swarm of bees come in here, we're running. You will see me <laughs> out the door. I was going to say like a little girl, but I have a hunch that some of the ladies in this place are a lot stronger than me. Right there. So I may not be masking right now. It doesn't mean I'm not going to mask in the future. But I am going to get my colonoscopies. <laughs> And one of the greatest things I did as a 50th birthday present was a colonoscopy. And there twice. Where I let some stranger uh, with a scissor to cut off little polyps. I just hope they didn't insert a microchip in you. Look at the beast. You know what I'm going to do? Because I have respect for that disease of cancer. You know what I'm going to do? This year, I'm going to have a full body skin scan. Because I get these little things that grow on my skin. I don't know what they are. So I'm going to go, I'm going to have a dermatologist search me head to toe and every disgusting, unmentionable part in between. Because I got respect for the thing. I'm not going to be haughty over cancer. Oh, I'm just greater than cancer. Yes, he is. But I'm going to do things <laughs> to prevent. And let's let people do their prevention as they feel is right for themselves. And please stop the labeling. So, it's been around COVID for a year and a half, and it reminds me of the scripture, where's my PowerPoint person? When Yeshua, there was a part in the Gospels in Matthew 17 and also in Mark 9, where Yeshua, who knew how to cast out demons, demons Flee at the sound of his name. Amen. When he says out, demons go. And we see that all throughout his ministry on earth. Whether it's the demoniac in the tomb. Whether it's the son of this person or that person. Or the daughter of this person or that person. Even Mary Magdalene, Miriam from Migdal. It says he cast out seven demons from her. This is a man that knew how to cast out demons and knew how to heal people. And the disciples watched him and tried to learn of him. And now this one man came with his son and said to Yeshua, my son is having seizures. And it's so bad sometimes and he's, and he's deaf and he can't speak. And when the seizures hit him, it gets so bad. Sometimes he falls into fire. Sometimes it's so bad he falls into water. This thing is trying to take out my boy. So we went to your disciples, 
about it. They went, and nothing happened. So then they went, I said, am I coming through in there? And nothing happened. Kathy was telling me how she speaks in tongues. Maybe Kathy should have been there. And she would have went, shop, up, 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 up. Maybe the demon would have left. But these demons, they would not leave. From the disciples. No matter how passionately and powerfully they try to cast this thing out. Yeshua comes in. He does it in a minute. In a New York minute. In a Jerusalem minute. Out it goes. Did the old Hollywood thing, you know? <coughs> Thou deaf and dumb spirit! I cast thee out! See, I like calling demons dumb during deliverance. You dumb spirit! I like that. Throw a little. Fred Sanford in there during the deliverance, you know? <laughs> Big dummy. Get out! So Yeshua does the Fred Sanford thing. You dumb spirit. You big dummy. Out. The demon goes. Disciples couldn't do it. Yeshua didn't. Disciples go to Yeshua later and said, why couldn't we do it? And he gives them a lesson in faith. And he ends that sequence in scripture in both Matthew and in Mark. It says, this one, however, Comes out. The other way. This time does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Let me explain something. Yeshua said this kind doesn't go out except by prayer and fasting. He was able to do it in the second. He said this kind does not come out except through prayer and fasting. He was able to do it in a Jerusalem minute. But he said it doesn't come out with prayer and fasting. What are we learning from this? Yeshua can do anything. Anything. Nature obeys his voice. The waves and wind knows his name. But sometimes we can't. Sometimes it takes a little effort. Sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it takes commitment. And when I hear prayer and fasting, I don't hear a New York minute or a Jerusalem minute. Because prayer and fasting take a long time sometimes. Now a prayer can be pretty quick. Fasting is not. People fast for a day, sometimes a week. We see Daniel fasting for 21 days. We see people fasting for 40 days. When he says this comes out with prayer and fasting, it's not quick. I am so grateful that the gospel writers left that sentence from Yeshua in the gospels. Because Yeshua said many things, and it says in the book of John, he did and said many things so much it couldn't be put into books. Right. So there's so much that he did that we do not read about in our gospel accounts. This was put in there and left in there, and why did he do it? I believe it is an encouragement to us that it dealt with a thing. A thorn in the flesh, a struggle, a 
this one comes out over time. It's not a name it and claim it, stomp on the head of Satan and it's gone. And has anybody here experienced that? Where you want the instant gratification of the deliverance line at church. And it just didn't work. Because you went there to get delivered of a fear. And you had a good <coughs> dopamine rush through it. But the next day you're still dealing with fear. This verse is for you. Not everything comes out quick. Amen, amen. Some things come out with prayer and with fasting. A lot of it. I believe that many of the ills in this country come out of prayer and fasting. Even the ills that were in this country when it was first founded, like slavery. It took a hundred years to get this thing off the books. hundred years. I guarantee there were those that were praying and fasting. Lord, deliver us from this plague of African slavery. And it happened. Not quickly, but it happened. And I believe that even the ills of this time, the ills of this time come out with prayer and with fasting. For those that have been praying and fasting for literally decades on behalf of the pre-born, I believe we're at a very, very pivotal time, pivotal time in this country. Yeah. Where the prayers and fasting, we're gonna see fruit from that. Yeah. I believe. Things take time. Yeah. Why is COVID still here? It ain't a name and claim a thing. Yeah. I can say that now after two years. Couldn't say that two years ago. So I tried to name it, claim it, and it didn't work. <laughs> Some things in our lives just take time. And it's a purpose that he has for the things in our lives that don't come out quick. The health issues that just ain't coming out quick. The mental issues. Financial issues that ain't coming out quick. The relational issues that we have, the family, that don't come out quick. What's the reason for it? You see, the Apostle Paul was somebody else who knows about casting out demons. In fact, there was a place where the demons said, I know his name. I know his name. If a demon actually said, Oh, I know his name, I'd be like, I'm, 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 I'm. <laughs> Kathy, you take care of that. <laughs> See you. Just kidding. Amen. Amen. Paul knew about deliverance from demons. He had the skill. He had the gift. He had the experience. He had the resume. And he had the proof in the resume that he could do it. Except for one time. The demon within himself couldn't do it. Let's read that scripture together. 
from 2 Corinthians 12. Because of the extraordinary greatness of the revelations, this is the revelation that he received of Yeshua. Prior to this verse, he's talking to the Corinthians about being taken up to the third heaven and seeing things and learning things and having great revelation. And it's because of the extraordinary greatness of the revelations for this reason to keep me from exalting myself. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh. A messenger of Satan. To torment To keep me from exalting myself. We can continue on. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might leave me. Three deliverance sessions. He tried three different churches. And he said to me, God said to me, my grace is sufficient. We can continue for you. For power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of the Messiah may dwell in me. Therefore, I delight in weaknesses, in insults and distresses, in persecutions and difficulties on behalf of the Messiah. For when I am weak, when I, then I am strong. When I am sick, my immune system is strengthened. There's so much we can learn from this amazing, humbling, and humble scripture that Paul left for us in his writings to this Corinthian church. First of all, he said it was given to him a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan. How can you cast out Satan when it was given to you? Let me ask you a question. When he says there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, who is the giver? God. God! <laughs> How many times are we going to try to stomp on the head of Satan to the point that we break an ankle? He's tormenting you because God is allowing it for a purpose. He'll cast out Satan for sure. You know when he wants to do that? When he wants to glorify himself. That's when he'll cast them out. When he's looking to shape you and break you and reshape you, he'll have Satan stick around. Because if you don't think for a second that Satan has to submit to God, oh, yes. as much as Satan thinks he's got dominion over this world, God can tell Satan, you can go this far and no further. Amen. And that is true. Mm -hmm. And if you think that Satan is completely independent and you always have authority over him, Talk to Paul. Who couldn't get rid of this thing? No matter how much he pleaded. Because God had a purpose for this. And he has a purpose for you and me. When there's a thorn in the flesh that we can't pull out. There's a purpose 
to keep me from exalting myself. That was Paul's reason. Paul apparently dealt with issues of pride because of the exceeding great revelation. Apparently he had some sort of pride issue. So God allowed Satan to meander around the rose bush, take out a little thorn, go over to Paul, and go. <laughs> and Paul couldn't take it out to keep him from exalting himself. That's Paul. That may not be you. knows what you need. Yeah. And he knows what he needs to break. Yes. You know, they always say, I think we spoke about it, I spoke about it with somebody before this service started. You know, the old adage goes, if you pray for patience, <laughs> God's going to bring some guy or girl <laughs> or circumstance or situation that's going to test your patience. That's going to make you impatient. And that's how, if God in his infinite wisdom believes that you need more patience, he's going to bring somebody or a thing or a circumstance into your life that's going to cause you to become impatient. If God wants to build up the faith of Abraham in our Parsha today, that you're going to be the father of many nations, he does it by giving him a wife Who's barren? <laughs> <laughs> to grow his faith. Right. Right. in the flesh. Mm. You know, you guys out there who pray for to be sexually pure, if God wills it for you to be sexually pure, he might bring some temptation in some way into your life. Thorn in the flesh. For Paul, it was so he wouldn't exalt himself. For everyone here, it's something else. But there's a purpose. There's reason. First time we see Satan in the Bible is when? It's in the Garden of Eden. Mm. A little slithering serpent. And what was the punishment of the serpent after the incident of eating fruit? What was the punishment? Crawl on the ground. What was the punishment for the serpent? He had to what? He had to what? Crawl and what? Eat dust. Who's made of dust? Mm. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Mm. Mm. Don't be so angry at Satan all the time. Yeah. He's just having a little lunch. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's true. But why does God allow Satan to eat the dust 
of the earth which we're made of? Why does he allow us to eat our flesh? Because after he's done, there's only one thing left. That's the glory of the Son of God within us that will radiate, that will shine when all that dust is eaten. That's why there's a purpose. There's a purpose. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might leave me. Do we anybody here relate to that? Oh, yeah. Three is nothing. How about three decades of pleading with the Lord for a thing, for healing, to be delivered? It says three times. We don't know if that was three times, three minutes, three seconds. I doubt it. I bet you it was more like three decades, like all of us. This is Paul's version of what Yeshua said. Something's come out with prayer and fasting. And take time. But my grace.
stop the smoking or shouting or sugar or anything else that entangles us over and over again. My grace is sufficient. He wants us to always be there because that's the message of Messiah in the one sentence. When you are aligned with the Messiah, you are in relationship, not based on how well you're fixing your relationships. Your relationship with God is based on the merits of the Mashiach. That is grace. It's sufficient. He wants us to always be there when we're in those places of struggling. When we're asking the Lord three, four, five times, decades, why did you not deliver me from this? My grace. My grace. I will be powerful through you in spite of it. That's the difference between being under the law and under grace. Being under the law is based on how well you do it. You did good, but now you did not so good. Good, not so good. That's being under the law. Being under the grace is messing it up. I'm still going to use you. I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to be powerful through you. It's based on the Mashiach. Not based on how well you're doing it. That grace is sufficient. For power is perfected. In weakness. When I am weak, then I am strong. The way we get healed from these things, like coronavirus, is exposure. Whatever you want to get exposed to, naturally or otherwise, exposure is the answer. If God does not wipe it away, the only way out is exposure. And whatever you want to be exposed, you know what I'm saying? Naturally or otherwise. Exposure causes you to strengthen. He's allowing these things to strengthen you. To be powerful through you. There's a purpose. We know now the purpose of the thorn. The purpose is power. The purpose is to perfect power in you. That's why he allows it. So always remember, always remember that. He couldn't cast out coronavirus. From society. God willing, maybe he'll change his mind. All of a sudden he'll be gone. Haven't been able to do it. And there are things in our lives, and in your lives and in mine, we just weren't able to get out in a deliverance session. It comes out with fasting and prayer. And sometimes he keeps it in. So we know and we rely on his grace and not our ability to pull this thing out to improve ourselves. Remember, God loves you, and he's going to call you, he called you, and he's going to use you. He 
with that thorn. I bet you Paul had that thorn since day one of his ministry. Here it is day, decades later probably. And still there. And that's his faithfulness to all of us. Thank you, Father. Remember the words of the song that we sang at the beginning. There ain't no, no grave gonna hold this body down. Ain't no grave gonna hold this body down. There ain't no grave gonna hold this body down. Remember, that is Yeshua talking about his own body. Hello, body of Messiah. There ain't no grave that's gonna hold this body down this message in honor and commemoration of those who lost their lives in COVID, even our friends here, the ones at the Mishkan and around the world, in celebration for those who has strengthened, recovered, and strengthened. Thank you, Father. Strengthen us all. We love you. Even if that means exposure. We know your plans. It stinks to be sick. But we come out of it with strength. Hallelujah! Amen. Amen. In the name of Yeshua.